I'm going to be sharing tonight what happens when a lost person dies. And there's so much misinformation about the lost and about what we what happens when a lost person dies physically. And let me begin by simply saying this, a lost person is alive physically but dead spiritually. A Christian is alive physically and alive spiritually. And until a person gets alive spiritually, he is in danger, as Jesus said, of hellfire. There's a reason that Jesus Christ came to planet Earth. It's very clear his reason. His reason was to seek and to save that which is lost. He said it several times. Matthew 8, verse 11, the Son of Man comes to seek and to save that which is lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man comes to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, I want to share some things that's real important that you get the concept, and I don't want to sound like we're taking you to um, kindergarten class, a class. We don't, you know, and we're not trying to score any big stars and, and, and crowns tonight. We just want to know what happens. We need facts. Amen? I mean, no, facts are important. And when you go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 17, God tells Adam, you cannot eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, obviously, Eve needed to be told by Adam, because in the third chapter of Genesis, Eve is talking to the serpent, who we know is the devil, and she's telling the serpent, no, 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 God says we're not to touch it or eat of it, lest we die. Where'd you get that, don't touch it? Well, I think maybe Eve looked at that tree and said, ooh, that's pretty, and Adam said, don't touch it. And I mean, sometimes preachers need to take that philosophy. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. Well, you know, she did touch it. She did eat. And Adam did eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day he ate of it, he died. He died spiritually. 930 years later, he died physically. But somewhere in between of eating the tree, disobeying God, God took coats of skin and clothed the nakedness of Adam and Eve. And somewhere in the process, someone says, was Adam and Eve saved? I think so. And the reason I believe they're saved or were that God redeemed them is because there was skins. God took animal skins. Blood was shed. He covered their nakedness from their chin to the bottom of the ground. Fig leaves didn't work. Amen? And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And then, no doubt, Adam and Eve taught Cain and Abel that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So Adam and Eve must have taught Cain and Abel that God required a sacrifice, lest they would not have came in Genesis 4 and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord. Cain offered a bad sacrifice, which was not sufficient. It was bloodless. And Abel offered a good sacrifice, which was innocent lamb of God, blood, which pointing to the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to share some things with you tonight that I know will help you as we journey on, what happens when, a lo when, a, you know, when the lost die? What happens when their body falls into a deep sleep? Because rest assured, 
a body that dies, the Bible's very clear whether they're saved or whether they're lost, a body that dies is considered in the Scriptures a body that is asleep. Now notice what it says in Matthew 27, verse 52, when Jesus Christ arose from the grave, the Bible says the graves were open. That's when Jesus died on the cross and the veil of the temple was rent. And the graves were open. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose. It's very clear. The bodies of the saints slept and they arose. Bodies, bodies. Their bodies slept and they arose. So when someone dies... Physically, their body falls into helpless, deep sleep. Only God can resurrect. Only God can retrieve that which falls into this deep sleep, into this death. Because Jesus is Lord over death, hell, and the grave. And so, we know that when a Christian, their body falls asleep, the Christian soul and spirit, the spirit returns to God, the life that is given to that body, and the soul and the spirit of that person that's a Christian goes to be with the Lord. Their bodies asleep down here, but they'll wake up there. See, now that doesn't tell me anything about the loss. Well, let me show you what Jesus Christ taught us in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. By the way, Jesus Christ is the authority on what's on the other side. Hear me? No one else gave us this information. Jesus did. In the Old Testament, when someone died, they just said, well, they went to sleep with their fathers. They didn't distinguish between the body and the soul in the Old Testament. And they, when someone died, they just said they went to sleep with their fathers. They did not have the knowledge of the underworld and did not have the knowledge that there was a place called paradise in which the saints, the Old Testament saints, would be preserved until Jesus Christ would return or come to the cross, rather, die on the cross, raise again from the grave, and bring them out of paradise. And he led the captive, captive, gave gifts unto men. And today, paradise is not below, but it is above. And paradise is Jesus. So we're going to look at some things tonight, and I hope I can help you with this because, once again, we could preach about the fire of hell. We can preach about the furnace of fire. We can preach about the raging fire, the bottomless pit, the outer darkness. The, we, we can talk about all that, but listen. It's not my desire tonight to spend a lot of time ex accelerating on the suffering and the agony of hell. I would like to prevent anyone from going there, period. Amen? We want to retrieve every soul we can so that they can go to heaven. When their body dies, they will be escorted by angels into paradise to where Jesus Christ is, awaiting resurrection. Now, Turn, turn in your Bibles with me to St. Luke. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. St. Luke chapter 16. We're going to begin reading with verse 19. This is not a parable. you got preachers saying everywhere this is a parable. Well, if it is a parable, it's the only one where Jesus named the guy. And if it is a parable, it's worse because parables only speak lightly of something so if this is a parable, then it's worse than what Jesus is expressing here. So, but it's not a parable. There was a certain beggar, or look back up to 19, there was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the, his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. His body was buried. The rich man wasn't buried. His body was buried. 
And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. That's him. That's his soul. He lifts up his eyes and torments, seeth Abraham afar off. Lazarus in his bosom. That's Lazarus' soul and spirit in the bosom of the, uh, Abraham. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Notice, but Abraham said, Son, remember that in thy lifetime you received thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, a great gulf, a dividing, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that whom come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee, Father, that thou were to send him, that is Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that they may testify, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, but if thou went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. By the way, someone did raise from the dead. His name is Jesus Christ. And his word should persuade us all to turn to Jesus Christ, to turn to life. I want to use for a subject when a lost man dies. You may be seated. This is not a pleasant subject. This is not something I really, you know, woke up one morning and said, whoopee, I get to preach about this. This isn't something that I'm just overjoyed about sharing, but it is a fact in the Bible. And men are disconnected from God. When you see a lost man walking around, you don't always know they're lost by just watching them, but a, a lost person that's walking around, their body is, a, is alive, but they're dead men walking. Their spirit is dead to God. That's why they don't care about the Bible. That's why they don't care about the things of God. That's why they live in darkness, because they are ignorant and blind to the truth of God. And that's why we need to take the gospel to them, because they are spiritually dead, and we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God uh, under salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek in Romans 1.16. And so there's only one thing that'll pull a soul out of hell, and it's the Word of God. There's only one thing that'll turn one's life around, and it is the gospel of God's love, the gospel of God's Son, the gospel of God's power, the gospel of Christ, where Jesus Christ bled on the cross for our sins, went to the grave, rose again from the grave, and if we'll put our heart toward him and pursue Jesus Christ and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, God lights our candle and we are now what is called born again. <laughs> Jesus Christ said, unless you're born again, you'll not see the kingdom except you're born of water and spirit, you'll not enter into the kingdom. So let me just share some simple thoughts with you tonight. As I read, Lazarus is a beggar. Lazarus did not go to heaven and the rich man did not go to hell because the rich man was rich and Lazarus was poor. That was not the reason Lazarus went to heaven. He didn't go to paradise because he was just poor and having a hard time. And the rich man didn't go to hell just because he was rich. The rich man went to the hell because he had rejected Moses and the prophets. He had rejected the love of God. Lazarus had not rejected Moses and the prophets. And the Bible says that he begged for the crumbs, Lazarus did, the beggar at the rich man's gate. And while he begged for the crumbs, the Bible says that fell from the rich man's table, dogs would come and try to eat him. 
I hear preachers say, well, the dogs came and licked his sores because they were comforting him. No, them dogs came because they'll eat anything. And Lazarus was full of sores, so the dogs came. They were wild dogs. They were dogs that were not, not um, house breed dogs. They were stray dogs, and they would come, and they would lick on the sores, yeah, but then they would bite. So Lazarus had a lot of problems, and the Bible says that when Lazarus died, when his body died, we don't know what they did with his body. As far as we know, they may have just took his body and went and throwed it in the garbage heap. We don't know what they did with Lazarus' body. It doesn't say he was buried. It says he died, but God didn't let him stay in a trash heap. God sent his angel, and an angel picked him up and took him to paradise. Isn't that beautiful? But the rich man, he died, and he did have a funeral. They did bury his body. But Jesus Christ said, don't look at the casket. Look at the Lazarus that's with Abraham in Abraham's bosom. Don't look at the pomp and circumstance of the casket or the funeral of the rich man who was buried. Don't look at that. You're going to look far deeper than the grave because he's going to descend into darkness. And there he's going to find himself in Hades the place, the underworld of the dead. And so Jesus Christ is telling us that there is an underworld of the dead. It's not the graveyard. It's deeper than the graveyard. It's a place where unregenerated people who live like animals and live in sin, it's a place where when they die, the real them descends into outer darkness. In that outer darkness is torment. Jesus Christ said the rich man, when he was buried in hell, he lifted up his eyes, verse 23, in torments. And he saw across the great gulf fish, Lazarus in the Abraham's bosom. And the Bible says he cried. He cried. He said, you see, this rich man, after he's buried, his, how many know when you bury a body in the grave, it can't see? When the, 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 grave, the body's just asleep, dead, deep sleep. So when you bury a body, it can't see. The body can't remember. The body can't feel. But see, it wasn't just his body when they buried the rich man in the grave, there was something called his soul and his life that fell into the deep ravine of a place in which the Hebrews and the Greeks would say Hades, the underworld. Now, I don't know how much suffering is in that underworld. But I know there is some suffering because the rich man cried, I am tormented in these flames. There's hopelessness there. I'm not sure how much suffering there will be while they're in Hades, in the underworld. I'm not sure about, we know there's flames because Jesus Christ said, the rich man said, I'm tormented in these flames. But he was still capable of beseeching Abraham to send Lazarus to help him with it tip of water. So we know that there was torture there. There was sorrow there. There was pain there. He, I am tormented in these flames. But the rich man could remember. He knew who Lazarus was. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy that used to eat the slop off my table. Yeah, that's the guy that I never would give him anything. And I tell my servants to put the garbage deep in the can so he can't get it, but he, get, he gets in it all the time. That's the guy. And Lazarus just kicking back, taking it easy. <sighs> He's comforted. And the rich man says, man, I'm burning. My, my tongue is 
dry. I'm tormented in this flame. My mind is tormented. Like I said, I don't know how much troubling or how much punishment there is in that ravine of that underworld. I know that there's different levels of Hades. There's one where the angels are bound in outer darkness, chains of chains of darkness, uh, where Peter spoke of uh, of this place called hell, which is the word uh, Tarsus or Taurus. It was a place where angels are bound in darkness. And so the question we would ask is, where is this paradise and where is this underworld that Jesus Christ spoke of? Well, it's down deep beyond the grave. If a, law, if a lost person dies without Christ, he's going deeper in darkness than he could ever imagine. He's going deeper in despair than he could ever imagine. Let me just share a little bit with you. When, I, when a Christian dies, and we've talked about this in the series, when a Christian dies, they either have a homing device and they just go straight to heaven, or an angel says, come and go with me. I want to introduce you to your loved ones on the other side. Then the angels take the Christian into heaven because now paradise is in heaven. When a lost person dies, I believe they just descend. They just fall. They just collapse and keep falling into the underworld. Demons may come and drag them off. I don't know. We could speculate that if an angel comes and gets a Christian, then a fallen angel will come and get one that's not a Christian. We could speculate that demons may show up in the bedside of a lost person when they draw their last breath, and the demons will drag them into hell. We might, but then we need to get this out of our mind, this concept, this Greek, uh, this Greek mythology, to get this out of our head that there's a bunch of uh, demons down there in hell biting people in the, in the underworld and that Satan's running the show. No, he's not. Jesus Christ is Lord. Satan is a victim. Satan is the king of nothing. He's a deceiver. And when people die without Christ, they simply fall deep, helplessly into the underworld. And Jesus come to seek and to save them so that they would not perish. Remember, the rich man said, send Lazarus to dip, my, dip the tip of his finger in water. And then he said, send Lazarus to go tell my five brothers. So this, this rich man who died without Christ, died without, he died lost. He still knew his family. He still knew who he was. He still knew what was going on. And you don't, have that in a casket. You don't have that in a grave. And so Jesus Christ says it's not in a grave, it's deeper than that. That's where a lost person descends or falls into a deep ravine. Now, um, I know some of you, you've heard so much preaching over the years about hell. Well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But you've heard preaching about hell. And, and, you know, the preacher, and I used to do it myself when I traveled in evangelism. I used to love to take one night a week and just preach hell so hot that people was fanning themselves when they, when they, when they got ready to leave. I loved to do that years ago. But I do believe the greatest suffering's not going to be from the time a person dies, there'll be suffering, there'll be pain, there'll be flames, just like the rich man said, just like Jesus said about the rich man, there will be suffering. But I think the deeper degree of, of suffering, the greatest degree of suffering, like the furnace of fire, like the belching brimstone uh, and, and, and all the fires of hell and the gnashing and, and, and biting, gnashing of teeth and biting and screaming and travailing, I believe that's more reserved for the end in the lake of fire. And you'll have a hard time proving, me, proving that I'm not correct on that. Because Jesus Christ, when he shared these things, he was talking about the end of time, the end of one's life, the end of the age. So let me share three little thoughts with you, and we're going to get into some good stuff. How many want to learn something from the Bible? Amen. Okay, when, a loss, when the loss dies, 
Their body is the only thing that falls asleep. Their soul and their spirit, who they are, is still existing. So I don't believe that. Well, didn't Adam exist for 930 years after he ate the fruit? Sure enough, you can be dead spiritually and still and, and, and live and walk in a body, but when the body dies, that one that's separated from God goes down into Hades. Number one, asleep down here, speaking of the body, but awake down below. I say this in funerals all the time concerning Christians. They are asleep down here, but awake up there. But I want to say about a lost person that dies without Christ and dies in their sin, they are asleep down here. Their body's in the graveyard, but they are awake down below. I can prove that by verse 22 and 23 of Luke 16. It came to pass that when the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, the rich man also died. His body was buried, and in hell, that's him, Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and see if Abraham afore off, and, he, and Lazarus in his bosom, and then he cried. Cried for help, because he was in torment. So we know that when a lost person dies, they immediately descend into what Jesus called a place where there was paradise, where Lazarus was taken to paradise. Now, this was before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me go a little further. Concerning the lost person when he dies. To be absent, does that sound familiar? To be absent from the body? I mean, that sounds familiar. Paul talked about in Corinthians, to be absent from the body for a believer is to be present with the Lord. That sound familiar? Well, for a lost person who dies without Christ, to be absent from the body is to be suspended in hell awaiting judgment. And how much torture is involved in that, I know not. We know this quite a bit because of what Jesus said. Number three, to be absent from the body is to be hopelessly lost in the underworld. Now, let's talk about the underworld for a little bit, and I want you to listen to me carefully because in the beginning, when Jesus Christ, before he came to earth, before Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, Jesus came here to redeem us. He came to ransom our souls from the hands of the enemy. Jesus came to save us from Death, save us from the bondage of, the, of hell. He came to redeem us from our sinful destiny. He came to redeem us and set us free from sin, set us free from death, and set us free from judgment. And when Jesus Christ came, he came as a body, a body that could die just like you and I. Jesus Christ, the Word, was made flesh and dwelt among us. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is God in flesh. And he came down here to do what we couldn't do for ourselves. He came to die on the cross of Calvary and to descend into paradise, to descend into the underworld and set them free and tell them, I have set you free. Let's go home. That's good stuff. See, when Jesus came here, everybody who died, the Jews, everybody, the ones that offered lambs and bullocks and so forth, when, when they died, they did not get to go to heaven because they were still bound to earth. No one can leave earth without being redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Someone say, what about Enoch and what about Elijah? I don't know where God had them stuffed in or what, what cabinet he had them stuffed in, but I don't believe they were in heaven because Jesus Christ said very clearly, no one's came down from heaven but me. John chapter 3. So we do know 
that God has kept the prerogative to do what he wants to do. Amen. And so when someone dies, if they die in the faith that a lamb was coming, they shed a lamb in the Old Testament, and they believed that my God shall send a lamb. They believed like Abraham said to Isaac, the Lord shall provide himself a lamb. If they died believing in the lamb, when they, when they died, their body fell asleep, and they descended with the guidance of an angel into Abraham's bosom, which is in the heart of the earth. And when a lost person dies, they descend into the heart of the earth, but it's a different compartment. See, that Jesus Christ said there's a great gulf fix between the rich man and Lazarus. So in one part of paradise, there's raging fire. There's infernal fire. There's darkness. There's hopelessness. There's death. But, it, but God has created a bubble, a place of grace in that pit of hell. God has created a place of covering called Abraham's bosom. And God keeps all of his loved ones to his bosom. Though they trust him, he keeps them to his bosom. While they sleep in the graveyard, he keeps them to his bosom. He takes them to Abraham's bosom. They're still awake. They're still alive. They still have hands. They still have eyes. They still love God. They still rejoice. And that's where Lazarus went to when the angels took him to paradise. But on the other side was no bubble, was no grace, was no shield just hopelessness and death. What do you got to do to go to hell? Nothing. I don't think I'm going to go to hell. I didn't kill anybody. That ain't got a thing to do with it. You, what you got to do to go to hell is absolutely nothing. You leave this earth unprepared, uncovered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You leave this earth without the mercy of God, without being born again. You leave this earth without giving your life and crying out to God, repenting of your sins. If you leave this earth saying, I don't want God, don't need God, I'm too busy living my thing, doing my thing. If you leave this earth like that, you are going, when you die physically, your loved ones will put you in a grave or cremate you and you will slowly descend into Hades, the underworld, and there you will be suspended until the great judgment day. Now, let me show you something. In, the, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, 9, and 10, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, remember what he said to the thief on the cross, when, he, when the thief said to him in Luke 23, verse 43, remember the thief said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus Christ said, today thou shalt be with me. Where? In paradise. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he did not go to heaven. He went to paradise. And when he went to paradise, three days and three nights later, he rose again from the grave and he brought the captive free and took them out of Abraham's bosom and took them into heaven. Wow. So where you got that? Ephesians 4, verse 8, 9, and 10. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, that's Jesus, he led the captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men, not he that ascended. What is he but he also that descended first into where? The lower parts of the earth, where? He descended into paradise, the lower parts of the earth. So I don't believe that. Well, what about Matthew 12, 40? Jesus Christ said, as Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The heart of the earth is not the grave. The heart of the earth is the underworld. 
where people are marooned without Christ. But when Christ died on that cross of Calvary, he split hell wide open. He went straight into the depths of this earth. He descended, verse 10, he is the same that descended also and ascended far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. What did he do? Establish a church, verse 11. Establish workers that will uh, minister to, to the perfecting of saints. He took the captive and he took them home to be with him in heaven. At that moment, hell enlarged herself. That's what Isaiah the prophet says. Hell has enlarged herself. And so Jesus took them home. I want you to notice something that's very important. Luke 16, 26 talks about a great golf fix. First um, Peter 3, 19 talks about he went and preached to the spirits which were in prison. Jesus did. Now, we don't think of prison as, if you're in Abraham's bosom, you don't think of prison. But let me tell you, friends, the earth is a prison. And it's a prison because of what Adam and Eve did. Earth is a prison. Do you understand what I'm saying? Earth is a prison. It's a place where we await dying. It's a prison. But Jesus Christ said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And Jesus descended into the heart of the earth. And during that three days and three nights, he announced and preached to the spirits who were in prison and said, I'm here. <laughs> and the thief that cried, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus arrives and says, I'm here. That thief that went into paradise, that today thou shalt will be a paradise, said, listen to him, listen to him. I just left him. Listen to him. He died. He told me I'm going to come. And when he died, he died first. Jesus had to die first. No one dies in his presence. And Jesus died first. And he said, when I died, it happened. I came straight here to paradise. You better listen to this guy, this king of kings and lord of lords. Isn't that good? Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know everybody better listen to this guy, Jesus. Amen. Amen? Let me show you something else, and, and I'm going to wrap this sermon up. Because once again, I'm not here to try to, to uh, talk about the, the pain and the agony, which it certainly is. But we need to understand, too, that God's going to judge us. God's going to judge the Christian's going to be at the Bema seat. They're going to be in the judgment seat of Christ. We're not going to be judged for our sins. That was done at the cross of Calvary, a Christian. But a lost person's going to be judged by the, for their sins, not only of mind, spirit, but the sins in their body. You say, well, why is God going to resurrect lost people out of the grave? Because they're going to give an account for what they did in their body. Amen. I, I was going to go to Revelation just for a minute, but we need to back up just a minute, and we need to take a look at, at um, let's take a look at Mark 9.49. The book of Mark 9.49. Here's what Jesus Christ said, Mark 9, verse 49. Now, Mark 9 is a scary chapter. Verse 43, if your hand offend thee, cut it off. It's better to enter into life maimed than having two hands and go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, neither where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That worm is the soul. That worm is the memory of a person. That worm is the person. And if thy foot offend thee, verse 45, cut it off. It's better to enter into life halt, having two feet than to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Now, notice we're going to answer the question, and I'm not going to read on for the time's sake. You can later on. But notice verse 50, and this is a very important verse that we need to see. Verse 49 and 50, rather. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. 
Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltness, wherewith shall it be seasoned or season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Notice in verse 49, he indicates that every sacrifice will be salted with salt. The Bible says that the sacrifice will be salted with fire, and every sacrifice, everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. So the question is, why is there a resurrected body for the lost person? And here it is. When a Christian resurrects from the grave, we're already with Jesus. He gives us our life back in the body. We rise again from the grave to receive our new body. We talked about that on Wednesday night. When a lost person dies, they stay suspended in the underworld for thousands of years. In fact, if a person died right now lost, they would be in this place of suspension in the underworld, a place of torment. They would be there until after the tribulation, after the rapture, after the millennium, after the battle of Gog and Magog, because they are waiting one arraignment, and it's called the lake of fire, the judgment, the great white throne judgment. They are waiting for that. So every person that's ever died without Christ, they are where they are, and they are awaiting the great white throne judgment. So why the body? Why is the body salted with salt? Well, salt is a preservative, and one of the things in Leviticus, it says, you don't ever bring me a sacrifice without salt. Salt is pleasing to God. Salt also preserves. So what God is saying here in this ninth chapter that when the resurrection takes place for the lost, their bodies will be preserved for judgment. They won't have a glorified body. They'll be the same body they lived and, 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 and lived out their wicked lives in. And they'll be salted with salt. That body will never burn up because it'll be salted with salt. And it will be burned forever in the lake of fire. I'm running out of time, so let me move real quick. Do you want me to quit if I went too long? Surely you don't want me to quit. Surely there's one person in here to save me. <laughs> Amen. I want you to look at Luke chapter 12, verse 47 and 50. Luke chapter 12. Verse 47 and 50, someone says, is there different degrees of punishment in hell? And the answer is yes. Don't get the idea that Hitler is going to burn with the same intensity of fire as a good old boy that died a drunkard. No, sir. Punishment will fit the person, the crime, the sin. And how much people suffer in the underworld before the time of, of the great white throne judgment, I don't know for sure, but I do know this. There'll be degrees of punishment in hell. Don't ever get it in your head that everybody's going to have the same punishment because they're not. The punishment will fit the crime. Notice what it says, and, and I'm going to try to move quick because we are running out of time. But notice verse 47 of Luke chapter 12. And the servant which knew his Lord's will. Now, the servant here is Israel. The servant is Israel. The people that worship in the temple that take care of God's work. The servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beat with how many stripes? Many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with how many stripes? Few stripes. For to whom, whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. To him men have committed much. Of him they will ask the more. I am come to send fire on the earth. That's Jesus. I've come to send fire on the earth. And what will I, if it be already kindled. Jesus is saying, I wish it was already here. I'd like to judge now. 
We said, hold on, hold on. It's more expedient that I do something for you. Verse 50, but I have a baptism to be baptized with how I am straight until it be accomplished. I'm determined to do and take the baptism of death so that you don't have to. Isn't that wild? Jesus said, I'm determined to die. It's my will that judgment come now, but I want to step in between the wrath of God and bring forgiveness. And he did on the cross of Calvary, rose again from the grave. How many are getting something out of this tonight? Okay, I'm going to wrap this up because I know some of you are saying, preacher, you're just, you're going too long. Well, understand this. Revelation chapter 20, this is after, this is after the battle of Gog and Magog. This is after the thousand years reign. This is thousands of years later. This is when the people that are in the underworld is called out. Verse 5, chapter 20. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So the, we are part of the first resurrection, the rapture of the church. The child of God. You say, but what does it mean? But the rest of the dead live not. It means the rest of the dead stood not before God yet. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. I'm on. On such the second death has no power. Hallelujah. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. But the rest of the dead had to wait. Because they're lost. What happens after the millennium? Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. This is only lost people. This is only the lost people. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, the death and hell. And that word death means shell, the grave. Death and hell. Hell means Hades, the underworld delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death Sheol and hell Hades were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire now you see why we need to get everybody saved as quick as possible because once someone dies without Christ, they, their only future is the, is the lake of fire. That's, that's their future. It is the great white throne judgment. We won't be there. We will not be there. We'll be at the judgment seat of Christ. We're children of God. We're redeemed from that. But everybody will be raised out of their grave. The lost will be raised out of their grave, salted with salt preserved for judgment, and God will judge every man according to his works, the lost person. And after he judges them, determine the, the, the degree of their punishment, determine the measure of their suffering, will be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I don't enjoy preaching this, but I'm telling you, I give you a good, solid understanding of what happens when a lost person dies. And we need to get everybody saved because we're running out of time. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. Went a little longer than I expected. Didn't know. It, it just takes a long time to get people over to the lake. A fire. I do believe when a lost person dies, their body falls into deep sleep. But that person descends and slowly descends into the darkness of the abyss. They're awaiting. There's punishment there. There's fire like the rich man. There's, there's torment there. But it's not where the devil's got his whip out and he's 
You know, he's lording over people that, no, 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 no. Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I hold the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So it's not the devil holding the keys. It's Jesus. And one day we'll be, all the lost will be raised out of the grave. You say, why? Because everybody is going to answer for what they do in their body. They'll be judged and cast into the lake of fire. And they'll have the suffering compared to what they lived. I have no doubt Hitler will suffer a lot more than anybody else. I have no doubt others will suffer immensely more than anyone else. But the Bible says it is an everlasting fire. And the fire will not be quenched. And it will be eternal damnation. That's what Jesus came to save us from. And I'm so glad I'm saved from it. I'm so glad I'm a child of God. So glad I'm alive in Christ. I got it. Abraham, uh, Adam lost it in the garden. Eve lost it in the garden. And they went to the rigmarole of the sacrifices of the Old Testament. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, I got it right here. And we don't have to wait in no holding tank. We just go straight to heaven as children of God when our body dies. And one day we'll return and God will give us a new body. That body will be a gift from Jesus Christ. Actually, our new glorified body will be a gift to the bride of Christ. Our glorified body will be God's gift to his bride. You know why? Because your body is going to be like his. And remember, husband and wife becomes one flesh. And Jesus says, we're going to become one. Oh, we'll look like ourselves. Don will look like Don. Tess will look like Tess. I'll look like me. But minus all the flaws. And I'll be glorified like Jesus. You say, well, I won't be able to recognize you. You'll have eyes to catch up. Amen. Just go ahead. I'll just keep preaching. <laughs>